0: You, you don't have to cut this part out anymore. You don't have to do that.
1: I'm putting you that at the very beginning do... of the pod. The, the cold <laughs> open. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dungeons & Degrees. My name's Adrian.
0: And I'm Alex.
1: And today, we have a special guest. Special guest, introduce yourself.
0: Hi, I am... Madeline. I I go by m- many things on the internet. I'm at inquisitive rogue all lower case on TikTok. And then on Twitter, I'm at Madeline K. Mason. I have no brand synergy because I like to keep people on their toes. But yeah, uh, I do a lot of things. I do TTRPGs. I'm a playwright. I, I, I'm i like a bit of a comedian. So yeah, that's that's who I am as a person, and that's that's a bit of my background.
1: Amazing, yeah. Brand synergy is a tough thing to have, mm-hmm. and you know what? The people that want to know you are gonna find everything. Okay, yeah, Those are the real fans. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Not gonna lie, I like my real name handles better. They, they, I, I don't know. I just can't wait to the point where I'm like the madeline you know like i'm i'm the dominant (laughs) the prima madeline
1: (laughs) gotcha nice Mm
0: -hmm. i no, i have zero percent of that i feel like i have
2: two different people in my brain at all times Mm -hmm. i have like the eloquent mime who played world of warcraft and just like uh, ran raids on destiny 2 and like that's one person who's still inside of me. And then those are all of my Instagram and those are all my social media handles. And then I have like Alex who's here right now (laughs) and she's like a normal person sort of sometimes. What is Mm -hmm. normal?
0: (laughs) Normal is just a label on the dryer machine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's,
1: I've personally played some of your stuff. What's it called? The, uh, <laughs> God, what did I I just said it a second ago. Escape, Escape the from the
0: Kingdom. Escape
1: from the Kingdom, <laughs> which is very fun. Something, it was like one of the first, like, non-D&D things I've tried out. And mm-hmm. lately I've been trying to branch out more and more so. So it was a nice stepping stone, so I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Yay. I'm glad you enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. And a lot of my what's it called this server i'm on is always talking about like oh my god we have so much fun i'm like you gotta like if you, if you want to thank anyone thank madeline okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> well um a little primer i am working on a ttrpg inspired by um the cars franchise <laughs> <laughs>
1: this always comes through this podcast i don't know why i
0: um i was thinking about kind of like the world of cars and i think it's very um interesting and i think because cars has a very if let's let let's talk about like lore and world building i think cars it it could be better but i do think it's pretty Mm -hmm. good and cars Mm -hmm. does have a very rich world because you know it's like people but they're all automobiles and i think that that's a really fun thing like like if you're a, are you like born a race car, you know, or like, let's say you're born a race car, but you just want to like be a sedan. Like, are you allowed to live outside of your like born purpose? Cars? Yeah. <laughs> cars is also almost like dystopian in that way. It's like, you know, how in, I don't know, divergent, they're all born to the factions. Uh, yeah. Cars is a bit like that too. Like, you know, you're born a race car, you're born an army Jeep, you know? So I, I, I think that's what I'm going to hone in on the TTRPG. It's like, yes, you're a car in this car world. But what if you want to be a different kind of car?
1: What does that look like?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Amazing. <laughs> the reason why Alex kind of threw herself off screen was because we, we... I don't know why. cars some for some reason, comes back to this podcast because of a... Was it you or was it some... You found a cars inspired like fanfic or something and then it was a whole mm-hmm. thing a, whole a
0: spicy episode. fanfic okay we <laughs> oh, that's was why it, was it between mm-hmm. lightning mcqueen and mater cuz i might know the one you're talking about
2: <laughs> no but it was lightning mcqueen and a tentacle monster no no, <laughs>
0: no!
2: <laughs> oh my yep. yes, no god indeed. he's trying to get like a checkup in doc shop and instead Gosh. Greet greeted with a tentacle monster.
0: Oh my God. Yep. It's horrific. Zero it out is. of five stars.
1: Yep. And that's when we, f- like, I don't know. It kept following us. Like for the next week or two, mm-hmm. we kept seeing cars everywhere.
2: It like everything.
1: <laughs> it was on t-shirts. It was on signs. It was on TikToks that, like, I hadn't seen a cars TikTok. And then it just pops up. Like, why? Why? Phone that's listened yeah. to me at all time?
0: Yeah, I I want the Lightning McQueen light up Crocs for adults Um, (laughs) so so badly, so badly.
2: Yes, I'm here for it. But uh, I, not to belittle your world building, because that really world building, Mm -hmm. that does sound absolutely fascinating of like exploring the option of of how would I exist in a world where I'm supposed to be a sedan, but I want to be a race car. Mm hmm. Especially thinking about like, I don't know, cars nowadays because that's what my husband does, Michael. Um, mm-hmm. We have a, we have lots of, not lots of cars, but we have more cars than two people need right now, which is three, you know, just to put an even, number.
0: <laughs> exactly, yes, even yes number one. It's, it's like it's like your party car, you know. You, you take the third one out when, when yeah. it's party time, you know. Yeah. But um, he's
2: always, like, working or, like, watches videos on how to rebuild and remodel or or make them go a little faster or make them run a little better. So I think that's a fun mechanic to play, like, in a TTRPG. I almost said U RPG, Adrian, <laughs> since we were talking about tech.
1: <laughs> Getting away from cars, tell me what projects are you, going on right now or, like... The things yeah. you do around the ttrpg community is <laughs> the thing that keeps you sane you say
0: like here's the thing this is gonna just i think almost be belittling of myself it is partially true like i do post memes about D on tiktok like 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 i love doing it it's fun i love seeing an audio and being like how can i make this apply to the thing i love so i do that i also I also just kind of like comment on stuff that's going in the world. I like to kind of look at all the bat shit takes on Twitter and just kind of break down why they're objectively bad takes, uh, you know, just some real clickbait stuff. So that's oh, kind yeah. of like what I do on the internet uh, in TTRPGs big projects that are coming up. I'm doing a game, a stream called Wine Mom Summer. The cast hasn't been announced yet, but I can promise you it's stacked. Um, We're all in the discord right now. And we're just, we're having a grand old time. It's so great. It's about a group of moms who uh, go on a quest to find an enchanted wine decanter that produces endless amounts of whatever alcohol you want. Uh, The vibe is I describe it as Mama Mia meets Lord of the Rings. And um, if it had any aesthetic, it's like be in the world of Ella Enchanted, where it's that kind of like the world that you know, but it's applied to fantasy. So you have like these silhouettes of the 2000s, but you also have like, but then you have textiles and um, certain elements about it that look very like fantasy and medieval. So uh, that I was rewatching it. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the perfect, this is like what I've been looking for. And yeah, we had a watch party, watched mama Mia. We all got very, (laughs) very drunk. It was so great. And yeah, it should be streaming in July. And then my goal is to announce the cast at the end of June. So yeah, and then I want to stream more games. Uh, I have, I just love telling big different stories. It's, and plus, it's much more easier to kind of sit down and collaborate a story with all of your friends and sitting down and pounding out a whole script, which I still love to do. And I would, you know, continue doing, especially if I think something wouldn't, translate well to a ttrpg so but yeah they're basically hundreds of little stories in my head that i just want to tell and that i think are super cool
2: first of all Mm
0: -hmm.
2: i just had a full-on conversation about mamma mia or not mamma mia sorry ella enchanted Mm -hmm. about how that was an absolute vibe book Mm -hmm. and movie Mm -hmm. and so legitimately i've never been more excited to hear about a project coming out I need it now. Like I need it now.
0: It's it's so exciting. Um, I I have made no strides in the Twitch universe. So I have like I have like literally eight followers on Twitch. I'm like I'm gonna host this on my own channel. And a little part of me is like, babes, you sure you sure about this, babes? You know, uh, <laughs> we'll see. It'll work. It'll work. Maybe I I just have to give, if I do good marketing on myself. I will hopefully maybe have ten Twitch followers by the time <laughs> by the Here's time. Open. Woo! Exactly. What you need to do
2: is just continue shit posting and like you know just controversially get everybody onto your Twitch page.
0: I know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like so one day on Twitch I literally just sat down, played Lo Fi games, Lo Fi sounds in the back and I just played um flash dress up games for two hours. Oh, yeah! That, I if, you, if you want to see more nonsense don't mean to plug my twitch but if you want to see Do more it. nonsense Please. like that i'm madeline the rogue i decided to that that's where brand synergy came in where i took my tiktok <laughs> username and my twitter and i put it together i exclusively play point and click nancy drew games and flash dress up games so if you are into that i'm your person I'm your target audience. <laughs> I'm so happy that 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 Nancy Drew uh point and click games are that, that, having their moment right now. I'm very happy for them.
1: Yes, this is the this is the highlight they needed. They're coming back now.
0: They are. They are. <laughs> they are. Exactly. Their most recent game looks like it was made in 2006. It's amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: what made you want to do Wine Marm Summer and how has been the casting of it? How's that process been for you?
0: First of all, the casting process has been bonkers, to say the least. I ended up getting a 100 submissions, which was more... than I expected maybe max like 20, 25, and it just gained a lot of traction online because, you know, I, I do think... Because even from an outside perspective, if someone's like, I'm doing a story about this, I would get excited. My dad has told people, he told like my stepmom's friend that I was doing this and she got really excited. It um, basically, I think I've had a very good niche and a very good story kind of in that area. So I think kind of that. And then, you know, plus stuff just kind of takes off on Twitter. And yeah, it was just the sheer amount of people that applied was like, and these are people that also, like, I looked up to in the TTRPG community. So that was, like, a big moment for me to see people who, like, I super admired, who were like, I want to be on your show. So casting was, when I say overwhelming, I made mean it in the best way possible. It was, like, I don't know what to do with myself. This is too much of a good thing. The idea for Wine Mom Summer came when, I don't know, I was, first of all, I like to think that there's a wine mom inside each and every one of us, like... A middle aged woman who just wants to lay out by the pool with a sparkling rose and listen to like Fleetwood Mac. And like, we, a little part of us all wants to be her, you know? She's hot, she's sexy, she's free, and she's doing what she wants. And I was thinking about that. And I was also thinking about there's a big kind of gender age imbalance in the fantasy genre specifically with older women I think when we me I think the only medium that has kind of pushed back on this I know Game of Thrones has pushed back on this a lot and I haven't seen Wheel of Time but through the marketing I can tell that they've utilized a lot of um middle-aged actresses in the program which I'm like great but you know I wanted to see more stories about women who are you know 40 45 50 60 uh adventuring you know because life doesn't end when you turn 40 and i think yeah it's also another thing that kind of brought this about was like the realization of my own mortality and like oh, i'm gonna be 40 one day that's so weird oh, i don't know yeah. how i, I, don't know I feel women. about that literally <laughs> this actually got so bad that I was, I would lie awake at night and I would just start crying and I wouldn't be able to go to sleep because I wasn't afraid of dying. I was afraid of aging and my body decaying because like that is a thing when you get older is like, you know, everything hurts. You can't do stuff that you used to do. And I think that it's important to tell those stories because like, you're still a person and you're still, you're still existing in a society and we are, I, we are very ageous in today's society we value youth and beauty and people aren't like allowed to age gracefully yeah it was just like a whole bunch of things it was like I want to be a wine mom but I also think there should be stories of older women it and then that all kind of came together with like I want a bunch of like people who are like my mom kind of going on a girls trip together and I want it to be done kind of in that quest to Lord of the Rings style and yeah I have sat on it for a year and I thought about it and then I really kicked it into gear um, like two months ago
2: I have both been praised and attacked in this conversation Um, both as my (laughs) decaying body my lower back is absolutely killing me right now I'm so sorry oh my god (laughs) but I'm literally yes Literally yes. All of this. So I'm I'm sad that I missed auditions at this point in my life now because I do have that middle aged mom lounging by the pool just and which is yeah fucking love Fleetwood Mac. So like absolutely Mm -hmm. would this be amazing, especially, you know, having the dichotomy of dungeons and daddies on the other side (laughs) Mm
0: where bros. Yeah, no, I I I love Dungeons and Daddies so much. It's like whenever I talk about D and D like podcasts or shows that I think are like god tier, Daddies is always at the top. I love Anthony Birch. I think everyone plays at the table so so well against each other, and th- Wine Mom Summer would not exist without Dungeons and Daddies. They are they are intertwined.
2: I need it. I need. It. I'm so excited. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm watch us plug this like uh, mad, <laughs> ah,
0: thank you thank you it's literally it's just it's it is overwhelming the sheer amount of people who are like just violently interested it's just like <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: did you just have this kind of like this casting call was it on twitter was it on tiktok was it everywhere or did you just was, centralize in one spot
0: it was on tiktok and twitter it was mostly on twitter because um on TikTok, I don't really know the people who follow me, uh, and I, if I'm going to have people on on a show, and I'm like DMing them, I want to have some degree of like familiarity with them. I did put it on Twi- TikTok, but I didn't advertise it as much on TikTok. It was more because like I think TikTok allows me to get a bigger kind of wider audience and maybe get one or two people that I may not have gotten through Twitter, but it mostly happened on Twitter because I'm I have a lot of mutuals there and I just felt safer putting it out there and also I I'm a lot more I have a smaller following on Twitter than I do on TikTok so I and people who follow me like I know you know I I know them they either have come from TikTok to follow me or the people who I went to college with or the people that I've done one shots with everything was just very condensed there
1: so as well as creating this starting you know, streaming on Twitch with the point and click. What other things are going on? I've seen that you were doing a bunch of DM sessions at one point.
0: Yeah, I, um, it, the economy sucks and it really stinks being a person fresh out of college. I basically just did like DMing for money because I really needed money. I I was like, I need money. I'm like scraping to get by. I need to make some, I need to be able to, pay for my groceries, and I was working at this horrible, horrible escape room. And I was like, I need to supplement this, but how and then I just ended up uh, doing a bunch of kind of DMing sessions, I would look for one shots that I really liked. And I would do them, it all started with kind of uh, lower level games to help people learn how to play. But then it just became like, people just want to play, people just want to play. And they want a DM to play with, you know. And it it just ended up kind of uh, me filling a need that was there. And now kind of because of that, I am doing a long running pay to play game in, in like that discord I set up. We're doing Lost Mine of Phandelver. We're ending the actual Phandelver module right now. And then we're gonna go into uh, essentially kind of like an original story, taking all of their backstories and all of the lore that they've given to me about their characters and creating something really big and cosmic, which I'm very excited about. And then through uh, actually start playing games, because I was just like advertising myself on there. I met another person who was like, hey, we have these characters that we really love, and we want to continue with them. And now I'm running a horror um, campaign set in the world of Ravenloft, which I'm really excited about, because I'm not super familiar with Ravenloft. And this is my journey into it and i'm having a really really great time and it's spooky it's fun it's great we're we're all having fun but yeah it primarily just started was like i needed money and i knew that i could throw a a pretty good one shot time i could you know help everyone get used to the mechanics of the game and also people people just want to play people just want to play and if you have it set up so it's like cheap like hey five dollars you got to see at the table you know make it flexible or hey if you want to give more go ahead it it just turned out to be a model that worked decently well
2: so how did you get into ttrpgs <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so i i i'm a theater kid i think that needs to be stated is that without like my background in theater i probably wouldn't be doing ttrpgs i i I was getting a BFA in theater arts in Chicago And it was 2020, I was about to graduate, I knocked in two major projects, literally just as COVID hit. So like, shout out to that, though. Shout out to that. I was directing a Chicago premiere, and then I wrote a play and mounted it for my capstone. So all that happened, then COVID happened. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Uh, A lot of just Zoom stuff was happening. I was trying to do Zoom theater, but Zoom theater just sucks. Um, It's not fun. No one enjoys it. And then for two weeks, I was living with my dear friend, Abby, who I met my freshman year in a, I kid you not, like like a ghost class. It was like a ghost class. We learned about ghosts. It was great. And that's how we met. And we're like, we're, we're friends now. So I lived with them for two weeks because I had just a really bad roommate during that time. And it was the best two weeks. And kind of during that time, uh, I just asked Abby a lot about like D and D specifically. And uh, Abby like talked about how they ran their own games and told me a little bit about critical role, which like, I I still do not understand the vast lore of critical role like that. That's I'll get into it maybe later when I'm 30, <laughs> who knows, if it will still be going by then. I'm sorry. I have no time. And then I moved home and well so let's like put a pin in um, Abby being a DM and kind of getting me into this world. I love college humor. I have wanted to like work for them. I love the work they do. Like I I would give an arm and a leg to be a writer or a performer for college humor. And when they announced that they were going under in February, I was so depressed. I was like my dreams are dead my dreams will never happen and then i saw dropout and i was like okay i'll just you know check out dropout and i saw that they had dimension 20 and they asked abby about it and Abby's was like dimensions 20 is great so i watched it i watched fantasy high and i was like oh this is what it can be this is what this game can be because all i really knew because i don't even like the fantasy genre like i i find it very boring i don't like lore dumps i don't like gorgeous painted scenery i i don't like the fantasy genre and its tropes and for my first introduction to DD to be a world that was super super familiar to me but with these elements of like magic added in i think was a big reason as to why and then i like binged every single season of dimension 20 and yeah, and 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 now I'm here. <laughs> and now I'm here. I just kind of blinked and all of a sudden I'm here. So yeah, it was a mix of just, you know, the pandemic, staying with Abby for a little bit and discovering that College Humor was doing a D&D show. And it just felt like the right, right place to put kind of all of this theatrical knowledge and training that I had. It felt like the right vessel for it.
2: And I feel terrible because I didn't think until this very moment, like how detrimental graduating with a BFA in the middle of a pandemic, how awful that would be. And I am, I am so sorry because that it's sucks. Okay.
0: It's, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm still very mad and very, very angry it's 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 just it's not great it's not great i was supposed to do the disney college program and then it didn't happen it's fine it's fine (laughs) yeah no literally like i'm still mad i'm still mad it's one of those things i think i'm probably going to be mad about for a long time because just a series of people in power fucked up my life people in power allowed for Oh God, I don't mean to get very political and please stop me if you don't want me to be too political. I basically, the people in power didn't take it seriously. And because of that, we're all going to be suffering the ramifications for this, probably for, I'll be very generous the next like five years or so. I wouldn't be surprised if it takes us maybe like half a century to really kind of overcome the damage that... The presidency during the pandemic that did
1: yeah and even just not you know us as a, like a whole but like mm-hmm. the very few who have been personally already injured are going to be just for the rest of their lives
0: yeah it's it's awful it really is and it's just we think the end's in sight but then it turns out it's not and yeah it's i i really do fear for the future of of like, us as a people, because I think the pandemic just has exposed how, A, divided the nation is, and B, how weak the healthcare system is, and then C, the people we don't care about. So yeah, like I said, I don't mean to be political, but it, it's the, the pandemic really fucked me over, and I'm forever going to be mad that the powers that be did, did nothing.
2: I feel that, because I did the Disney College program in 2010. And so as much as Disney now, I sometimes mm-hmm. roll my eyes and sigh at it because because people have different ways of leadership. We'll just say that, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. People have different ways. And I don't necessarily think as a consumer that that would be the way that i would treat my anyways <laughs> i know ex-
0: i know exactly what you're talking about i <laughs> all
1: the lines being read i
0: and... <laughs> i'm sorry i can't believe uh... you're making an episode exclusively for disney adults right now <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was only a only matter, a matter time of time before we hijacked Curry.
2: it i am the disneyest the disney college program itself was such a changing like a life-changing experience it was not great because we uh we know it's a disney the college pandemic,
0: program <laughs> it's a, yeah <laughs> yeah especially like i don't know if it's like better or worse depending if you're in like anaheim or orlando i honestly don't know
2: i have no i was in orlando oh, I'm, so and, and
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry i room
2: I, w- I worked because there's no overtime yep you just get paid mm-hmm. the same hourly rate Um, And it doesn't matter how long you've been there. So I worked all of Christmas Eve. And then I worked, so I worked like 12 hours Christmas Eve. And then I like was 12 hours again on Christmas Day, Um, which is fair. Look, I would, that's fine with me. As a young college student who just loved Disney and just wanted to be there and have the experience, I can do that. But uh, I remember accidentally hitting the emergency stop button because I was exhausted on my ride, which doesn't bode well for like the overall health of like people who work there full-time. Right. So I'm saying all of that. It's such a, it was such a good experience and my heart hurts for you because I know, Mm -hmm. especially as a performer, seeing the way that performances are run there, both with character meet and greets or just like parade routes and, and the stage shows, like there's so much, as a performer that you can gain while going mm-hmm. and seeing it from the back end.
0: I literally have to know what attraction did you work? I need to know. Burning Desire Burning. <laughs> I worked on Primeval World
2: and Triceratops Spin in Animal Kingdom.
0: <laughs> oh, the most important rides, the most important rides.
2: <laughs> Let me tell you. I had buttons that I made cuz I'm a I'm a teacher. Um, So I I got birthday buttons sent from a friend of mine who lives in Florida to my kids so we could celebrate our birthdays. And I put the buttons up on my chest, like in the diagonal. If you go look at the Dinoland USA Mm -hmm. costumes at Disney, I put them just like that on my shirt. And I was like, this was like. Like, instant training. Ugh. Like, it's been 11 years, and I'm still putting my freaking buttons on my shirt the exact same way That's as I did for six months.
0: Hey, some things never change. It's true. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Adrian. No, it's, it's all good. I need <laughs>
1: to let Alex have, you know, the Disney thing, because Alex is a Disney adult, so, you know.
0: It's okay. This, awesome. is, this is a perfect transition for Escape um, from the Kingdom, so... Ooh yes it is go. the perfect transition what what do you want to know because i can tell you everything
1: okay why don't you pick those spots in those rides
0: okay so i basically i sat down with my sister and we talked about like which rides like it, it was almost like um like, how could this ride become evil and scary? And I'm, I'm not going li- to lie right now. One of the, like, for instance, so the attractions, I wrote this game, and I can maybe remember three <laughs> that I put in. But I know it's, it's Haunted Mansion. It's uh, Autopia. It's the carousel. Mm-hmm uh small world and then I forget no the river boat it's the river boat it's those five in there I think there's one that i'm missing because I think i threw one in last minute because I was like I need there to be more than five locations so first of all for small world I'm gonna be completely transparent in that the small world die is coming alive small world dolls coming alive and attacking people is not a new mm-hmm. thing it is actually from the series the kingdom keepers which I own every book of I have read <laughs> multiple times. I, I, I have been part of the Kingdom Keeper fandom since day one and I've never left. Ridley Pearson signed the copy of my book. Yeah, so I care deeply about The Kingdom Keepers, and that does happen to them in the book. For those of you who don't know, The Kingdom Keepers is a young adult series written by Ridley Pearson, in which a group of teenagers become DHIs, or uh, Disney Host Interactive, which are hologram tour guides placed around the Disney theme park, uh, specifically Disney World. And uh, they become a big hit, but it turns out there is special technology that projects the kids into the park at night, and uh, all the Disney baddies they want to like they're like we hate happiness and magic we're gonna make a dark park and not gonna lie um the book is fun because you kind of root for the baddies a little bit but anyways um they in the first book they have to decipher a code and they're trying to find the letters for the code and they go and it's a small world and they have the 3d glasses if you get into the book it explains the 3d glasses and they're on the ride and they're looking for um the the letters and then the dolls start to attack and it's yeah everyone's like small world is haunted first of all it's haunted by a nice ghost anyone who's a real Disney adult would know that it's haunted by a nice ghost uh and second of all it it, it is not no one's died on its on small world no one is dead in Small World, not not to my knowledge at least I think maybe one person has you know what we'll be um actually in the comments later we'll be actually in the comments <laughs> later but yeah, so I chose that because I do love the imagery of all of the small world dolls kind of coming to life and actually just being like, like Chucky, mm-hmm. almost. There is just, you know, delightful irony in a murderous doll. I chose Mark Twain Riverboat. Uh, also for full context, uh from the Kingdom takes place at Disneyland, not Disney World. I actually been to Disneyland once and I was three, so I do not remember it. But basically, I chose the riverboat because it is kind of like a old school Disneyland thing. Like there are very few rides at Disneyland now that are like, that were there opening day and have kind of just been consistent. And the Mark Twain Riverboat is is just like, I don't think they're ever going to take that thing away. They might like rebrand it in some way, because I think maybe down the line, people are going to be like, let's not like do Mark Twain stuff. I don't really care about Mark Mark Twain anymore. And they'll probably make it like Tiana's jazz riverboat that goes, that's probably what's gonna happen. Like, let's be real. But yeah, it is such a staple and it feels very iconic in the way. Oh my God, the last one is the Tiki Room. That's, That's the true. other one I did, the Tiki Room. And I also chose the Tiki Room because it is kind of like a very iconic mainstay. Uh, I am a Tiki Room stan. It's my problematic fave. I love sitting inside when it's like four in the afternoon and I'm just so like downtrodden and I am at my lowest. <laughs> it, there's something magical about just being like delirious and watching all of these birds just like go to town so yeah I did that I chose Autopia because I think Autopia lends itself really well to something that could be a challenge so it being essentially like a car race and but in that kind of Mad Max style where they're all crashing crashing into each other and they're flipping over and there are mechanics for the race yeah so that basically became a it it wrote itself, which is why I chose it. And then the merry-go-round, like, it's a classic. I love a good carousel. I If I see a merry-go-round, I will ride it. I, I love it. I don't know what it is. They're so delightful. But um, I also love, like, it's. I know it's in Ray Bradbury. Something like good this way comes. Like, the carousel is spinning and spinning, and it doesn't stop. I think that is creepy, delightful, and fun. And, and that's why I put it in. Yeah. I'm trying to think, what are the other... I think I covered all of them. I think I covered all of them and why I chose them. Yeah, yeah I think so. Oh, no, Haunted Mansion. And then Haunted Mansion, because, like, it's the Haunted Mansion. Everyone loves it. You know, it's been there forever. It's iconic in its own right. And the Haunted Mansion does have, like, a built-in antagonist. And I it works to essentially because the story is very interpersonal, like the force that you're fighting against is like the entity of the theme park itself. So to have like one ride with like an openly antagonistic force that was like a person that people could talk to, I, I threw it in for essentially that reason. Nice,
1: that's wonderful. I love to see mm-hmm. this insight into the thought process. It's always yeah. so, well to me as an individual who could like always thought about like oh, i'll make something for this mm-hmm. or that and I'm just like but how or anything or like am i giving it enough like due diligence am i But I, I overthink so that's my problem uh, <laughs> so it's nice to see somebody do it
0: if you want some more insider knowledge i actually never intended to release escape from the kingdom it just started out when I uh, to I just wanted to make a game for my friends that I worked at the Disney store with. It literally just started out with that. So all of the kind of inside jokes and whatnot within it were catered made for those people, and we all had fun playing it. It was great. It was it was a really really good time. So yeah, that that's something certain I never intended to release it. And then I also when I released it, I found out there is a game. I forget what it's called. But it's a very similar premise. Where you're in a in an apocalyptic theme park, and like stuff is happening. So if you want to, you keep, You legally cannot stream my game. Like, like you you cannot stream it. If you are, be careful, be careful, <laughs> uh, be careful. The mouse is coming for me. <laughs> but. Um, He's he's coming, he's looking, he's looking. But yeah, I actually would not be surprised if I did get a cease and desist letter. So um but when that happens, I'll just make the game free. I'll just make the game free and I won't make any money off of it anymore. It's really two dollars on itch, so I don't know why Disney would take it down. But (laughs) yeah if you want to play like the generic version i forget what it's called maybe maybe i'll look it up and you guys put it in the show notes but there is another one that is like a generic theme park which is very fun to play and i'm gonna shout it out too so if you want to stream my game but you're afraid of the mouse stream the other one (laughs) it's generic and and he won't wake you in your sleep and kind of like you know nab you
1: jostle you awake where's my two dollars
0: where's my two dollars you know that's my mickey mouse impersonation i can do a better one no i'm not gonna do it (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna do it this is not the time nor the place
1: um what was one of your first characters that you created
0: I remember the very first character I created. Her name was Mags O'Farrell. She was, she's a Lightfoot Halfling College of Lore Bard. It was for a one shot called Wild Sheep Chase that my friend Jessica ran. It was how I met her, it was through a Discord server. And now Jessica is a player in my game. So, oh, how the turntables. Mags was part of like a really big family band akin to like the Partridges, you know, so they all had like M names. It was like Marvin, Misha, um, Maven. And yeah, they're part of a big family band and they toured from uh, town to town. uh, And they played tunes. Mags played the bagpipes. She would tear it up. She would tear up on those bagpipes. Oh, and she was a deathly afraid of chickens, which is actually, I'm a little spooked out by chickens in real life. So I like to kind of pop that in for her.
1: Is Do you find it hard not to put like a part of you in each of your characters?
0: I like to put a part of myself into the characters I make because then it makes it feel more real. And it it's like a theater thing too. Like I, I am such a theater kid and I... I think I am going to subconsciously do that. And, you know, I'll put like a little desire that I have or something that I want for myself. And I'll either do it consciously or like, like, like little details like that, or it'll end up being subconscious. Like, I literally, I made a TikTok about this, but I, a friend of mine was like, hey, I want to run a game. And I was like, I will be your player. Hell yeah. And then I made this character with a backstory of just like, she could not fucking win. It was just one tragedy after another. And then kind of upon some self-reflection, I realized that, oh, like at that time I made that character. I felt like in my own life, I could not fucking win. And I was just hitting loss after loss after loss. And it just kind of manifested itself into this like Dickensian orphan who just could not catch a break. Yeah.
2: If this makes you feel better, we have this conversation a lot about putting ourselves into characters (laughs) Mm -hmm. or playing out parts of us that we wish we had, or just parts that, you know, are just things that need to be explored. And it seems to be overwhelmingly, Everybody who plays D&D does this. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was just thinking about this the other day that like the like 1980s trope of people playing Dungeons and Dragons and really playing hardcore to the rules and like having to do voices. And I think, I think we have actually evolved from that once we all as a community look at each other and say, oh, we are no longer like this it has a really meaningful impact on players. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, you've got, well, actually, kids everywhere, and that's going to exist. But I think the numbers are on the side of people who want genuine connections and people who really want to have, I guess, life-changing is the word I keep (laughs) using today, life-changing experiences with their characters. So, like, even playing a little campaign, there's still... I'm there's still a little part of you. There's
0: yeah. There's always a part of you. And that's also how you make the character relatable to you and you make them easier to play. Like I'll play a character that's just like the complete opposite of me in every way, shape, or form, and I just don't get them until I begin to empathize with them and until I begin to see myself in them and then it clicks. You know? That's also just such such an actor thing to say. It's like I have to I have to live and see as a character. (laughs) But like, hey it works and it helps me get into character it helps me do phenomenal role play so you know what and it's not hurting anyone so i'm gonna keep doing it oh yeah
2: yeah you're not going around punching stunt actors on set uh because you are method acting oh
0: yeah no no method acting is bullshit by the way but <laughs> anyways that's uh that's that's my theater school hot take method acting is bullshit <laughs>
2: I also agree with you with my no theater, but just theater experience. okay. Yeah.
1: All right. What's your favorite musical?
0: That's a great question. Um, Do you have 45 minutes? We do, in fact, have
2: 45 minutes. That's That's wild.
1: It's crazy how this this works out.
0: All right, folks. All right. So we're going to start. We're going to start with like a, should we do a ten or a five? I don't know. I was. Let me give you how uh, I can help yeah, narrow down this question because
2: this is this there helps from down. one theater kid to another. What was the very first musical that got you hooked?
0: Oh my god, Les Mis, Les Mis <laughs> hooked me so hard. I was seven years old, and my mom, she like saw it in London when she was like I don't know, like a young adult, and she brought back the um, program, and I saw in it that there was like a child actor, like a child actor that played young Gazette. And I was like, what the fuck? And then my mom gave me a, a CD and I listened through that thing. Like my life depended on it. And yeah, I auditioned for Les Mis. I did not get cast. And then I auditioned a second time in a community theater production. And then I did get cast. And then I saw it in London. And then I saw it whenever it came to my hometown. <laughs> but, um, Oh, my God. Literally, like, I cry at exactly five different moments in Les Mis. And it's just, it's, it's, yeah, I can talk about how much I love it. I love the musical motifs in it. I love the characters. I would kill a man to play Eponine. It's truly one of my favorite musicals. And it's one that I deeply care about and just has a deep, deep impact on me.
2: So I just got back from New York and that's why I can specifically ask you that question. Like it's a it's not necessarily what's your favorite musical Mm -hmm. right now, but that first musical hits different.
0: It does. So mine is Phantom. (gasps) You were a Phantom (laughs) kid. Oh my god. Oh my god. Let me tell you but adjacent to
2: that right Uh for my first Disney not my first Disney movie but like the other Disney movie that hit me is Beauty and the Beast and like let's talk about those side by side okay Uh I need somebody spooky and maybe a little bit reserved and maybe I'm okay with being kidnapped like (laughs) (sighs)
0: I my, my my The movie, the Disney movie that got me hooked when I was a kid, it was The Little Mermaid. Like, I don't know what it was about The Little Mermaid. I just loved that movie. I loved the song Part of Your World. I loved The Little Mermaid with every ounce of my being. And actually, the first show I ever truly saw was um, that Julie Taymor's The Lion King, where they're all um, puppets. It's actually a wonderful, wonderful show. And uh, yeah, I, I it's not like my favorite musical, but it do has a special place in my heart. But you yeah, know, Lay Mis was the thing that like, it was the hook, line, and sinker.
2: Same. Adrian, what?
0: childhood.
2: My cousin, my cousin's first musical and the one that she was obsessed with was Joseph and the Tentacle dream Dreamcoat. <gasps> yes! Uh, and those are weird kids. Those are the weirdest kids. <laughs> What it, are the kids who are like Joseph
0: it's the kids who have Donny Osmond as their sexual awakening those are the <laughs> weirdest kids like I'm not wrong I'm not wrong they feel weird no you're not but mine was David Bowie so can we really talk about anything hey it's, he he looks good in Labyrinth like not gonna lie he looks good in Labyrinth
2: we have a whole shrine we just, we just redecorated our house <laughs> I've got a whole, like, uh, David Bowie section of my house. That's great. Um,
0: I love that.
2: If I could dress up like Sarah, oh, my God, and with a big white poofy dress uh-huh. and the hair teased to the gods, oh. I think I would never wear another outfit. I think that's what you would see me in. If I had it, that's all you would see me dressed as. Not going to
0: lie. She's wearing a Christine Dye fit. Like, you're telling me Christine Dia wouldn't roll up with those peppy sleeves and teased hair.
2: Let me tell you. I, the the phantom runs deep. Exactly,
0: the fandom. Why don't you start... <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I rolled my eyes. No one heard that. Adrian, no heard
0: that. how how out of your I'm water like, do I'm you letting feel? Y'all
1: swim. Y'all are having fun in the water. I'm just sitting here on the side.
0: They're called the <laughs> fandom. That's what they are. That's also um, the Dan and Phil fandom. So, but you know, there might be a little crossover there. Might be a little crossover. But, yeah.
1: Listen, I, I'm fine with this, okay? Y'all having fun. I'm out of my element, and that's okay. Because I do that to Alex all the time when I bring on people she doesn't know at all.
2: That's, it's 100% my experience most of the time. But <laughs> now I really just want to keep writing modules that like follow the story. Since we've talked about Mamma Mia just at the beginning, it,
0: yeah,
2: I want to just write modules that follow different musicals
0: honestly like i've been thinking about doing modules that follow different operas because opera is very very um it's this i don't want to be like opera music is niche because like some of the most famous musical recognized pieces in the world are opera pieces but like a lot of people don't know the story of the magic flute or uh, like what happens in um lucia de lammermoor or um like literally I think maybe the ones that people know are like M and then Aida, and then like the Shakespeare plays that have, been have that have been ad- adapted into operas. So it's yeah, like also I think the Magic Flute would be a really fun um, campaign setting. I think the world of the Magic Flute is beautiful and gorgeous, and it's like rich with fantasy. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, that that's what I'm thinking about honestly.
2: And that's a good idea because, mm-hmm. right? All of those are technically public domain. Yeah, they so are. Really... They are public
0: domain. Um, yeah, the music is public domain because, like, I think another reason opera music is used so much because, like, all the music's in the public domain. I could be so wrong on that though. Like, do not quote me. But that—that's why I, th- anyways, anyways. But yeah, a lot of operas are public domain because they're written in the uh, eighteen and nineteen hundreds.
2: Like, then there's nobody attacking you for using their intellectual property
0: exactly what's tchaikovsky gonna do oh no he's he's a ballet uh what's verdi gonna do exactly what's he gonna do nothing he's dead
1: got him (laughs) kick him while he's down nailed it exactly i am out of my element alex take over i'm just gonna sit back and listen to this (laughs)
0: i can talk about no, more DD I'm, stuff no, is this fine. a D podcast I mean, it's sometimes it's some, a DD we're, we're podcast we talk
1: about a lot of mental health we do tend to kind of stray away yeah, from the okay. D thing but like i think that's the beauty of us just talking about whatever because like yes we start with D baseline but like like this this episode i'm already editing was like it takes a lot of type of people that play this to make it the good thing that it is, you know, it's not just yeah. one type of person that plays this game. It's a multitude mm-hmm. and, you know, diversity yeah. breeds wonderful creative ideas.
0: Yeah. It's, it really boggles me whenever, like, I remember in October, there's a big discussion in the critical role fandom about the, we need to talk about how like a uh, white, the critical role table is. And when that was being brought up, it was, it was it was like someone had like i don't know said we should like give them we should try them for war crimes it became a whole thing and this isn't to the people who were accusing critical role and like their lack of diversity i think that is important to call out but the when those things are being brought to notice and your responses to double down like you can't do that. You can't do that. And another thing I think we should talk about too, is when one medium is criticized, when someone's like, um, actually this other show that I love doesn't do that. So therefore my show is superior. I really hate that because that doesn't do anything to work on inclusion and diversity. You're not Doing any, you're not helping the situation here. You're being a little shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what you're doing. Because, like, I do know there's a lot of like critical role versus Dimension 20 discourse when the two shows could not be more different. Like, it, it critical, not critical role, but Dimension 20 is is problematic in its own ways as well. It's it's nothing is truly better than the other, and no piece of medium is ever going to be perfect. We always have to try and strive to be as inclusive and diverse as we can and to fix mistakes when we're called out on them.
2: Have y'all, speaking of a perfectly orchestrated mistake, have y'all seen the response that, God, motherfucker, why do names go out of my brain anytime I have Is this a Phoenix
1: Justin thing or is it something else? No, oh my gosh else. so much oh drama
0: God. is this going to turn into like you know like how people magazine has its own podcast and just talk about celebrity drama is it should this just become like we talk about just drama in the D world mm-hmm. just, oh, just yeah. <laughs> and
1: sometimes and sometimes we give you a little cheeky you know
0: yeah yeah we're, we're reporting on real world events you know? <laughs> yeah but what yeah, was yeah this... what, what's your thing though
2: the Lizzo had a lyric in Girls <sighs> mm-hmm. and her fans called it out and she said, Okay. And then changed it. And then that's it.
0: Yeah. Just said,
2: Thank you for bringing this to my attention. It has now changed.
0: Yeah. I here's the thing. I didn't know that was a um a slur. I did not know that was at all. And Mm-mm. it also kind of goes to show how much language is evolving and how some people just are slower to learn this new language than others like i um some tables for instance i don't use words I'm using them in this context. So I'm not being like the C word or the D word, but at some tables I don't use words like crazy or dumb or stupid because to people sitting at those tables, the, it's, uh, it is it it is harmful and reductive language to them. So when I'm with them, I'm dealt. I'm also thinking about, hey, maybe I don't need to, there can there are better words out there than the ones that we currently have. So good on Lizzo. Oh my God, good on Lizzo.
1: I love that. I mean, that's something we gotta example. take in, like, we mess up, mm-hmm. we gotta fix it, you know? This can't be like,
0: <clears throat> no,
1: you're wrong. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, it's like, you can't, you can't double down, you can't double down, but at the same time, like, Lizzo didn't know. Lizzo didn't know, you mm-hmm. know?
2: And there's like a lot of people involved in that situation, mm-hmm. so that's still like, a lot of people didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it really could have been a moment of I'm going to fight for me and my team because we're going to live in whatever ignorance Mm -hmm. or, okay, thank you. And then I changed it and then it became, you know, it's a big deal now because she did it without any fighting, but like it's, and nobody continued to drag her down. Like Mm -hmm. that's the other side of it that I think sometimes we can be really toxic as a culture and say, well, you didn't fix it fast enough or you didn't do it x y and z way so yeah right it's true and then canceling yeah
0: it's i feel very weird about cancel culture because it is really important to hold people accountable and to let them know when they've messed up but at the same time i'm like it also crosses into a fine line of like who are we canceling and does it do anything spoiler alert most of the time it doesn't do anything like i wouldn't be surprised um I guess, like, for context of the audience, like, we're recording this around, like, the time of the Satine Phoenix, Jameson Stone news, and I would not be surprised in five years if they kind of make a full-fledged return back into this community. I, I would not be surprised because, like, let's think about the track record of comedians who have been canceled but still have flourishing careers. Like, Louis C.K. is still on tour. He won
1: something, too, recently.
0: Oh, yeah, he won a Grammy.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah he won a Grammy.
2: It's fine. This <laughs> is fine. It's fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're,
2: we're in the bad we're place. We're in the best
1: timeline.
2: <laughs> right. Okay, let's put some positivity out. Maybe we are in the best timeline. Okay, maybe we are in the best timeline. We just need to pour one out for those of you who are not in the best timeline because if, if this is the best timeline for me, then... The other Alex's are not having a great time.
0: Oh, yeah. No, if this is the best timeline, I'm genuinely scared for what's happening at the other ones, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's happening there? All
1: right. Let's, 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 we're at the hour mark. Let's try to, let's just turn this up. Let's turn this up. Let's turn this around. Let's pause it. Oh, my God. I
0: don't know what to do now. I'm like because you know how much when you talk for long periods of time your brain just kind of goes like oh, oh, oh. Yeah.
1: and that's why, that's how we get other episodes and it's okay we can just Look, come back great. another time
2: Do you, so we can wrap it up do you want to plug anything this is a good time for it
0: sure I, I get soaked for a wine mom summer y'all get soaked <laughs> it's it's really I'm really excited like I said the cast is stacked it'll be announced soon and y'all will lose your minds So pay attention, all the information for that will mainly be on my Twitter because I'm just trying to grow my Twitter right now. You can check me at Madeline K. Mason, and my first name is spelled M-A-D-E-L-E-I-N-E, the letter K-M-A-S-O-N. All all one word. I want to be Twitter famous. No, but that is it. I'm a playwright. You can check out my plays on New Play Exchange, and if you're interested in performing them, like, hit me up. I, I love, I, I would like to make my most of my living as a playwright and we'll see if that happens. And then follow me on TikTok. I'm at inquisitive rogue. Um, like I said, just a lot of shenanigans and tomfoolery over there. I'll probably be posting like clips from the streams and whatnot, but yeah, that's that's that. Um, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> if you want to give me a million dollars no but um
1: <laughs> put, it like,
0: out put it out there i you know what i'm gonna put it out there i i i just want to do more stuff in the dnd community i want to be on more streams and podcasts and even though my work is probably going to be very busy for the next two months i'll i'm going to do my dartest to make it happen and oh i'm doing stuff with tales of initiative i'm i was part of their, um, Uh, Tales of Misadventure series but I had to stop because work living got so busy but I'm in their first few episodes and then I will be I should be coming back so kind of keep your eyes peeled over there but in the meantime you can check out some of the stuff uh, I've done with them and that was fun so yeah
2: awesome Uh, Yay! I'm gonna do it follow scripts not gonna mess this up
0: I, I believe have, in is you. Is this like a sponsor read?
2: No, it's just our, our end of the thing that I, I, my, uh, attention span about drops out about okay. halfway through. And so mm-hmm. I go rogue. So we're not doing that today. Um, thank you dear. Bleh, fuck me. <laughs> you got it. I believe in you. I believe you did you.
0: such a great job. You, you're doing great, sweetie.
2: Thank you, dear listener for joining us for another episode um you can continue to join our antics on twitter instagram twitch tiktok all of the accounts at dungeons n degree dungeon Mm -hmm. n degree there's no Mm -hmm. s that's how i say it wrong and that's why we had this mishap um we are also growing our discord server so you can come join us if you are looking for another DD community to join be sure to rate us five stars or whatever the top five star whatever the top rating is wherever pods are cast If you do not, you will never hear the people sing again. And that's just sad. If you are able to and would love to put your money where your mouth is, um, we would love for you to also help us out on our Patreon um, at patreon.com slash dungeons dungeons and degrees. Um, We have member benefits that include ad-free and early episodes. You also get a little insight into some of the -the behind-the-scenes things that we are doing. And it's just a lot of fun. And you support your favorite content creators as Adrian and I grow this part of the D&D community. Um, We will also be donating money at the end of every month for the number of patrons that we have. And we would love for you to help us join that. I also want to give an extra special thank you to all of our current patrons, which includes Melissa, Skylar, Megan, Alex, Wani, Lucy, our favorite guy, and our newest recruit, Paige. Thank y'all so much.
0: Those sound like beautiful, gorgeous people who are so intelligent and smart.
2: They are, in fact, the most attractive people on this (laughs) galaxy
0: oh my gosh
2: i would say it i would say i'm confident that they're the most attractive people we would ever find in light years
1: all right well thank you so much listeners for listening in my name's adrian
0: and i'm alex oh and i'm madeline i guess hello (laughs) goodbye go have some fun